You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Welcome to episode number 40 of Life Repurposed. I'm going to be doing a series of episodes called Relation Tips, and this is part one of that series. I'm going to be talking about some of the things that maybe are coming to the surface a little bit more than usual right now because some of us are home more than normal with one another, or perhaps plans are canceled and life is different from what we expected, tensions are higher than usual in some families and even between some friends. I'm seeing tension on social media running very high right now. So this is a series of short programs to help you deal with some things that are going on in your everyday life, practical tips for how we can get along. And so in this part one on relation tips, I'm going to be talking about four little words that we can change. A trip around social media will make it quite obvious that people are frustrated angry, disappointed, and sad. And actually, I'm sad when I read the posts. And as I'm working on editing a book for couples that will be coming out later this year, relationships are on my mind. And I realized it isn't only marriages that need help. Many friendships and parent-child relationships could use some help too. I'm coming at this not from somebody who has perfected anything, but somebody who's coming alongside and saying, this is what I'm working on too. And so this is a reminder for us to Uh, just together work on our relationships and working on making them stronger in the middle of some stressful times. I want to talk this time about four little words that are oh so tempting to say, but can be so destructive in a relationship. I want to say them often. I like to be right. I like to win arguments. And I'm not proud of that. That is something in my personality that I've been working on. I'll tell you what the four little words are shortly, but let's set this up a little. I want you to imagine that you have an adult child, and perhaps this child still still lives at home with you part-time, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're at home right now, and they would normally be at their own place, but with school being canceled, maybe your college student is home. You can set that up in your mind however you want the scenario to play out. But they have a car, and let's imagine that it costs them almost all of their life savings to purchase this car. You've reminded them numerous times that they need to check the oil and take care of it, you know, get the tires rotated, all that kind of stuff. And you also know that doesn't always happen. And one day you get a phone call, the phone call that you knew was going to be coming. And it goes something like this. Hey, mom, I'm stuck on the side of Interstate 94 in six lanes of traffic. My car died and I have about eight minutes left before my phone dies too. So what do I do? Okay, freeze frame here. This little voice pops up in your mind. And you know you've been talking about maintenance and you've reminded this child recently that leaving without a phone charger makes no sense when there are 42 billion of them on the kitchen counter at home, several in the junk drawer, and yet there's never one in the car. Okay, back to reality. Oh, honey, what happened? I don't know, it started clanking, and then the engine light came on, and now it's dead. Okay, even I know the signs of a blown engine, and P.S., I made this story up based on a pile of experiences, and not one in my life of raising two sons, lest I out either of my children and make family enemies or anything like that with a real story, so I've just, 
I, there was a blown engine in our past, but this is not the way it went. Now we get to what the words are that are right there behind your teeth waiting to come out. See, they've made it from your brain to your throat and to the tip of your tongue, and you just want to spit them out. What are they? I told you so. These are the words that can be so destructive and can break a relationship, and yet they are words that come out of my mouth a lot, or they are right there and I have to bite and swallow to keep them back. That child that's broke down on the side of the road can already hear your voice. The husband who forgot his coffee on the kitchen counter, yes, this one is from my real life, for the third time in one week, knows he did it again. Just a little aside here, my husband has to stop putting his coffee in the camouflage tumbler. Seriously, he puts it in this tumbler and he starts to walk out the door and he sets it in a different place every day. And then I get a text from him when he gets to work that says, no coffee here, grr. <laughs> and so I put it in the fridge if I can find it. But uh, today I actually hunted all over the house and I couldn't find it. And then later I found it in one spot. And I, I think it's just because... It is the camouflage mug. So anyway, all asides there, uh, that one is from real life. And I am tempted in those situations to say, I told you so, because I have lectured, and I shouldn't lecture, but I've lectured to my husband about ways of finding, you know, solutions for how you can be perfect like me. Okay, no, <laughs> that's how it comes out exactly. Uh, but I have told him, you know, you could come up with some ways to remember your coffee and remember your phone and remember your wallet and all those things. Okay, so you know if you're anything like me in this moment I'm telling you about. If you've ever warned someone that their choices are going to land them in deep trouble, if you've ever warned them about sickness, I mean, right now there are some opportunities for I told you so. When it comes to even COVID-19 in the middle of a pandemic, there's financial hurt that people are going through. I'm not as financially prepared as I should be for uh, potential unemployment. So someone could tell me, I told you so. I told you you should have had six months of salary put away in the bank. Um, there's emotional pain. There's a broken heart in whatever situation. Nobody needs to hear, I told you so. So let's talk about how to turn these four little words into something that can be of benefit instead of harm. Okay, so what if we turned I told you so into these four words? I still love you. I still love you even though you didn't listen to me. I still love you even though your choice cost us a chunk of change. I still love you even though you are the victim of your own irresponsibility. I still love you. Responding with I still love you tells the other person that their failure is not bigger than your love. It tells them there are no conditions on your love and it reassures them that they are still valuable. My husband has fallen for some absolute scams when it comes to purchasing used cars. Even when my gut says no way, no way. I've told him you don't need to drive across a couple of states to get a car and then get there and realize this thing is junk. No, he, his gut says go for it. So he'll just do it. And I haven't always been in the right frame of mind when I respond when that car breaks down and it costs us money or it needs parts shortly after. And so I'm also learning how to respond with, I still love you. And I do. I still love him with all my heart. But there might be some times as I'm practicing where when I say I still love you, it's through gritted teeth. Like, I still love you. Okay. <laughs> 
saying I told you so is like chanting and saying you were wrong over and over. Now, it's just annoying when I even let that come out of my mouth right now. So I told you so is like saying that. It might make me feel powerful for a moment to stand there with my folded arms and my bossy look and say, I told you so, but it breaks the relationship and it makes the other person feel small. Saying I love you takes practice and it isn't my first and natural response, but I am working on a different response when I want to say I told you so. I just had another uh, opportunity recently with a family member and I wanted to say it and I did not. And um, well, it, it maybe came out in a half of an I told you so. <laughs> so I, I'm working on it. The other thing to note is that nonverbals send the message loud and clear too. So it isn't just the four little words, the sighing and the looks of disapproval and the rolling eyes and the folded arms and all those things also say I told you so. So even if I'm practicing not saying it, I also have to practice not saying it with my body. And so my posture and everything has to be different. If you're practicing saying I still love you or you're ready to practice saying it, I want to share a little resource with you before I leave you today. The best resource I can think of to give you is an example from someone who depicts perfect love, and that is Jesus. And so rather than a source on the web, we're going to go to the Bible for some inspiration as a resource for an example of why I told you so is something that isn't in Jesus's vocabulary. So Peter was a close friend of Jesus. He was one of the disciples, and his story is told all through the Gospels. And there's a story in Matthew 26 in verse 31 through 35 where Jesus was walking with his disciples. And this is right before Jesus would be arrested and put on trial and then crucified. And he's having this conversation. I just want to read to you a little bit from that passage in Matthew 26. It says, On the way Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, If everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. So here are the best friends of Jesus. They're all promising, I will never desert you. I'll die with you. I'll never desert you. So shortly after, in the same passage, the same night, um, after Jesus is arrested and now he's inside and he's being flogged and questioned, Peter is outside in the courtyard hanging out and trying to be inconspicuous. And somebody asks him some questions about who are you and weren't you with this guy? So continuing in the same passage in verse 69 of Matthew 26, it says, Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. 
Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying, I don't know the man, and immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away and wept bitterly. That was from the New Living Translation of the Bible. You see, after his resurrection, Jesus didn't go to Peter and say, I told you so. Even though in this very moment, Peter, he knew in his mind, he could just hear, I told you so. Jesus had said he would do it. Instead, Jesus went to Peter, he went to the other disciples, and he restored his relationship with them. And this example is something that I will forever need to practice. But every time I hold back the I told you so and express love instead, it builds a relationship with someone else and it chips away at my own pride. One of the things that Jesus did was he used Peter as someone who had launched the New Testament church. He built a ministry that it would be his legacy on earth, the Christian church. And Peter was the one that had so much to do with that. And so even though he had this moment of failure, Jesus didn't stop loving him and he didn't stop trusting him with ministry. So each of us has been given a ministry to do. And there are people that we need to build relationships with. They need love. There's a lot of people who will make what is going on in our world right now as an opportunity to win, whether it's related to a pandemic, an election, a cause, a disagreement, whatever's out there. We have the opportunity to love, and that's how we win at relationships. So I hope you'll join me in practicing letting go of I told you so and picking up the phrase I still love you. If you are looking for the show notes for this episode so you can share it with a friend, you will find that at michellerayburn.com slash 40 for episode number 40. You'll find other past episodes of Life Repurposed Podcast there, as well as resources and links to books that I think you would enjoy that might help you in living out the gospel and living in love as well. So I hope you check out michellerayburn.com and um, look for episode number 40. I will see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.